she told me they would come. Come out of the east like a writhing swarm of snakes. An old one, a young one, one in bloody rags and another in clean. The old one keeps looking for the corpses he loves and hurts the living as he does it. Hi, I'm Ben and I'm playing Jones Johnson the Fourth. The young one never knew her mother and still doesn't. Hi, I'm Zoe and I'm playing Comet Baby Teeth Sharps. The one in bloody rags doesn't show his face or his heart, except when it spills out of him. Hi, I'm Jim Ryan and I am playing Karloff Carradine. And the last one wears clean rags, drives clean rags, is made of rags, right to their core. Hi, I'm Lucy and I'm playing Vic. I wonder... I wonder if I can get through to them. I wonder if I can make them understand. Welcome back to Tabletop Garden, an actual play podcast where we collaborate on short, self-contained stories about interesting characters, and we do it with an agenda. I'm Gregory Avery Weir, and thank you for joining us again. Did you know that if you want to listen to the show at a quicker pace than it's being released, that you can get each episode a week early on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir. There's other cool stuff on there as well, so check it out. But now it's time to continue Ego Driver, a post-apocalyptic vehicular combat campaign using the Big Eyes, Small Mouth, 3rd Edition rules. As usual, our agenda will be to honestly portray diverse characters, pursue healthy play practices, and craft story with social responsibility. And Ego Driver's agenda is save yourself, make it look good, and live like you're dying. You can get more info on the show at tabletop.garden. We now continue Tabletop Garden, Ego Driver. She uh, pushes herself off from the antenna and lands on those skates and skates up to the to the edge of the building where there have been clearly ramps set up just with sheet metal leaning against the the edges of the roof and skates up over a ramp and jumps into the air and looks down at Comet as she arcs in the air over that street and then lands on the the roof opposite and does that cool turning stop that you can do on skates and looks at fake and kind of shrugs and and shouts just looks like some kid to me fake oh it's my turn yep so she's now looking at you across a a gap between two buildings and the street in between is where comet is well i'm going to go ahead and 
do another attempt at an acrobatic leap across the building and join her again uh, in what is likely to be tiresome for her. <laughs> do okay. I need to do an acrobatic check? Nah. Just go ahead and give okay. me your attack. Before I attack, can I ask a question? Sure. Have some dialogue? Okay. Sure. So Vake is going to hop over and not do a leaping attack. Um, they're going to have their pole out. Uh, so you do ready a vault to... with that pole and mm-hmm. land near her? Mm-hmm. And I'm holding it up, you know, in a uh, aggressive fashion. Uh, and uh, we'll say, what did you mean when you said, uh, leave y'all alone? What are you, what are you talking about? You're, you're bandits. You're, you're the ones who are, who are harassing Niederdorf. She says, we're just trying to take what we deserve. What's ours? Why does Niederdorf get to keep all of the power and wealth that they have? That terror engine, she says in a mocking tone, that they have doesn't belong to them. Well, I mean, that's probably true, but it sure as shit doesn't belong to you either. And also, you're not being very nice to your child. And now I'm going to swing. This will not be a leaping attack, just a regular pole attack. Barely. You swing at her. Uh, she is going to use one of her ranks of divine relationship. Does that mean she re-rolls? Aww. You swing at her, and it looks like you're going to hit, but she does a, a pirouette just in time, and your pole swings just right in the spot where she would have been if she hadn't done that little twirl. Ugh, you're aggravating. She says, speak for yourself. You're an ego driver. You don't have any special claim to a moral high ground here. And you hear the roar of motorcycles again. There's going to be two attacks on Comet and two attacks on Jones as these motorcycles pull through portals. Um, But first, Comet's weapon is forward mounted, right? My machine gun. Um, it is on a it's on a turret. Okay. So I sh- I I have designed it to spin around. The flamethrower is the only one that's only one direction, and the ah no flamethrower. The lance. You're tracking around, and you prep yourself when you hear that roar. And the first motorcycle pops out of a portal b- behind you, and you're ready with your attack. I'm gonna get it. Maybe we'll see. All right, so a biker emerges from around the corner. Uh, They rolled a six on their defense as they did not expect a machine gun to be spinning up right as they came out. You rolled a 16, so you beat their defense by 10, which means you hit three times. I do. Yikes. Even with the armor that's provided just by the fact that they've got this motorcycle part encasing them, uh... They are just torn apart by your your machine gun. One of the motorcycles is just gone, shredded. Uh, It skids to a stop. The motorcycle coming from the facing portal to that one uh, still opens fire at you as they uh, steer to dodge the skittering remains of 
their friend's vehicle. Sorry for your loss. They rolled a 13, you rolled an 18, so their need to avoid their friend results in their, their shot going pretty wide, and they head through the other portal. Meanwhile, in front of Jones, there's a pair of of motorcyclists. Did you also prep an action? Uh, no, I, I ended up taking the action to try and take a shot through the portal, because I just I figured I needed more than one attack to be able to take these guys down. That's right. Um, so you get two attacks on you. Uh, you've already had one, so the I guess the second of these attacks is going to be at a minus one. Mm-hmm. First attack, uh, you roll a 17 to defend, they roll an 8. Uh, so that one just goes completely wide, probably as they stare with shock past you at their friend getting gunned down. <laughs> and the second attack here on Jones <laughs> is a 7, and you defend with a 15. So they are they also shoot wide and zip through the portals. Well, that could have gone way worse. Okay, so... Now it's Jones' turn. A question about the one that survived behind baby teeth uh-huh was i able to potentially track if it was this one that was on that backside boy hmm well i yeah i guess you can you can match the timing of when they leave your clear sonar and when you hear the the buffled bit so yeah we'll say it's we'll say it's that one okay so i'm gonna i'm going to do something very foolish but I, I think it needs to happen. All right, so you can see this glowing light on a distant building. So whichever one of these two portals it is, mm-hmm. I'm going to drive past Baby Teeth, and uh, I almost want to be kind because this feels wrong to do to someone on a motorcycle. It just, just feels wrong to uh, go through the portal. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I don't really want to turn on the drill because that seems that seems just unnecessarily brutal. <laughs> All right, so you're driving straight through the portal and just trying to crash into... Yeah, my objective is to, to crash into the bike and then basically do a J-turn so that I don't run off the, the building. All right. Um, give me your uh, unarmed attack. <laughs> Woo! All right, so you attack with an 18. They get a 6 to defend. That is, that is beat by 12. Yikes. I'm glad I didn't do the drill. <laughs> <laughs> That's a critical hit, which means you do double damage. Mm. And this was just an impact, right? This wasn't, a, this wasn't a grab? I'm just trying to smash them out of the way. I'm, I'm of the opinion that I am in a three-ton death machine, and they're on a motorcycle. Uh, rules of the road mean I win. All right, so with uh, 52 damage. I mean, at best, this is a trip attack, but... Yeah, I think what that means is you slam into them, there's a crunch, uh, and they they get knocked to the other side of the roof. Um, their, their bike goes skidding off of the roof edge and plunges to the ground below, and they're, they've lost track of where their, their Uzi is, and they sort of just lift up into a crouch, and are just ready to dive out of the way if you decide to drive into them again, but they're out of the fight other than that. Yeah, I'm going to probably... They're looking real beaten up. ...pop open just enough of the window. I'm afraid to leave it large just because of... Madam throws coins in places, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to pop it out and like, you stay down, I ain't going to come back. Yeah, he just nods emphatically. 
So, Comet, uh, you probably were able to catch a glimpse of Billie Jean jumping over the the street above you. Uh, you also managed to take out one of those bikes. They're, the remains are still there, and you couldn't quite see what Jones did, but whatever he did is likely to have taken care of the other one that attacked you. And he's still up on... He's up on the roof of a building now. Yeah, he's he's up there, and you can see, um, you can probably see a few bits of that building's facade kind of stripping off. As it's that's a very heavy vehicle to be on a building. How is he gonna get back down, Jones? How are you gonna get back down from there? What if she moves the portals? Well, I've I've fallen from greater heights before. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> um. I will seek out a remaining biker. Um, I guess they don't actually know how any of these portals are connected, but any way I can get away from, well, ironically, away from my mom, who I've been trying to seek out. I am trying to go there and see if I can see a biker through either direction. All right, you drive up in between the portals, and like before, you're seeing hints of shadows and other things that suggest that there's a biker on each side of the portal that's taking cover great um i'll go for the one i'll go for this one i still just really don't want to go through a portal but i will take a left yeah i will take a left because i feel like that gives me more cover from dear mama and I will use my stunner attack through the portal again with whatever penalty partial cover gives the biker. All right. So they'll be at a plus three to their defenses. You rolled an 18. They rolled a 12. So you zap them with that stunner. Zappy, zappy. Got them. And they have to succeed. Uh, against a body stat roll of a 12 or be stunned. Right, they They succeeded, but they still take damage. Uh, Which one is this? It's not that one. It's this one. Um, So you, again, see that electricity arc to something on the other side. Uh, Jones and Vake, you can see the motorcyclist that's sort of on the eastern side of the city get zapped. That was Comet. Um, I really wish all these bikers would go away so I could talk to my mom. Are you saying that over the radio? I'm saying that over the radio since I know she's listening now. And actually, I might put on some music as well. Uh, I don't know what, but something that I imagine that she would like. (laughs) I don't know if I can uh, make some sort of, like, dig deep inside my childhood memories Baby, uh, come back. Something like that. All right, so but. you start playing music, and she... Hmm. Uh, they <laughs> puts their hands over their ears and looks at Billie Jean and says, I blame you! <laughs> uh, yeah, she looks around, and she, she kind of makes a fist with that hand that has the, the portal device on it. And the portals shift, and you see, those of you who are on the rooftop see portals open between, uh, in front of each of the four people who are still on bikes, um, but you don't see where the 
other side of the portal is. And with her other hand, she, uh, like, reaches into her coat and messes with something, and you see her, Vake, you see her force field shimmer a little bit and seem to come back a little stronger. Hmm. And then she, uh, keys her radio again and says, I see any sign of y'all attacking me? Truce is off and we're going for blood, but I don't want to see any more people die today if we don't have to. Seems seems fine. Is everyone okay who is still alive? Everyone okay with that? I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Let's have a let's have a momentary pause to the bloodshed. Other disfigurement. All in favor? Uh, just turn off the loudspeaker. Oh, okay, okay, it's it's off now. I turned it off. It's off. Yeah, I'm good. Well, I say that out loud, but really, Jalissa would relay <laughs> that to you. All right. So the motorcycles go through the portals and don't emerge from anywhere clearly. Uh, and she, I guess, reopens a portal for you, Jones, that you can see leads down to street level. Yeah, that's probably the better way to get down, but um what about She uh she pulls a blue vial uh vial of blue goo out of her jacket and tosses it to Vake and says, "Look, I don't want to talk to you anymore, so you should go take care of your friend before he bleeds out." All right, but I'll be back. Why did you say that like that? You know what? I don't I don't care. <laughs> you ask a lot of confusing questions. Uh and she she opens up a portal to ground level and skates out and uh she places herself on a on a pile of rubble that's that she could kind of dive behind to give cover uh if Jones or Comet decides to open fire with any of the vehicle weapons. And she kind of is is dusting herself off, and you can see her her force field constantly shimmering as if it's regaining the strength that that it lost from all those attacks. Uh, and she kind of opens her, she spreads her arms wide, and she says, "All right, so why the hell are you here if you're not here just to kill us?" Um, are we are we kind of all in the same place now, or are we not? In this, are we all spread out still? Yeah, I think unless unless you want to be split up, Vake would be heading to Karloff, presumably, and then uh, Comet and Jones would be kind of parked in this, on two sides of this intersection that Billie Jean is standing in. Cool. It's totally cool. I know I've been killing it at Diplomacy, but I'm going to go try my hand at being the cleric, so good luck. That's a weird thing to call it. Um, so, uh, so, so Billie Jean, um, well, normally... Is that what they're calling me? I, I guess That's not my name. Do I remember, do I have any recollection of the name of my parent? I recognize her face. I don't think so. You were, you were real young when you were separated, right? Yeah, her name was Mom. Um, I remember that I panicked once uh, when I was a... This is me, real person, me, Zoe Little. Um, <laughs> I I remember a time in kindergarten when there was like somewhere where I had to write down my parents' names, and I was like, I don't know them. 
It's just mom. Anyway, that's what that made me think of. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it feels weird calling you mom, but also very natural. But, uh, you know, that's... Anyways, yeah, normally, normally we would go around and kill a lot of jacko gang bikers and and she other snorts hooligans. again as if that sounds like a stupid name i uh, sorry i didn't come up with it um nor- normally we that's what we would do but then this thing happened where they showed us a picture of you and i had this weird memory montage type thing like they had in the old movies and it was it was i just remembered riding in the car with you when i was a little kid and i i really i really don't want to kill you i don't even know i don't know what i want to do uh look niederdorf just wants to know where you're getting all this high tech shit okay she she says uh look kid i've I've ridden in cars with some kids before. Uh, people I know have families. I don't know what to tell you. And honestly, if you were my kid, the fact that you only don't want to kill me because you think I'm your mother would make me not want to be your parent. That's I, fucked up. I know it sounds crazy. It's a crazy world we live in, okay? You, you, you do what you can to get by, and, and some of us just... I mean, I'm sure you can understand. You don't fit in so good in the in the big shiny cities. You want to do something else, and this is what I did, okay? But I I wish there was just there was some way to prove it to you. She says, "Look, kid, you're past the point where I'm responsible for any of the choices you make. All right? Oh, of course, I'm an adult. You've put in." Your chips with Niederdorf. This week, yeah? Yeah, them and us, we're we're in opposition, all right? They have what we want, and it's not a question of us settling for something else, all right? They want to know, of course they want to know where our tech comes from, because they'll never understand. Hmm. Just like they didn't understand when we told them to give us what's ours. You want to know more? Hey, I'll tell you what. You can find out a lot more if you uh, if you look to the west. I think your mayor will know what I'm talking about. Uh, Comet sort of looks down at the ground disappointedly and just starts walking back towards the car. So um, during this conversation, Jones, who actually probably got out of his vehicle, is a, about as close as a show to good faith. I mean, he's still armed, but principle mm-hmm. of the thing. It's probably been smoking a cigarette leaning up against the corner. I do have area knowledge. Are there mm-hmm. any unusual things that I might know of to the West? Give me your roll. It's probably mind, which is not my best. Yeah, it's just a 10. The only thing you can think of, well, so there's, there is a, a major feature to the West, which is uh, the West of Niederdorf. You're, you're currently kind of off to, off to the Northeast of Niederdorf, but pretty much directly to the West is a major ship crash. So the, the subaltern, ships that that got knocked out of the sky by the old earth nukes um the engine of one of them is the terror engine that 
powers Niederdorf, and the forward section of that ship crash-landed off to the west of Niederdorf. Oof. Hmm. So, uh, before, whilst Baby Teeth is walking away, I'm going to check on headset. Uh, so, uh, Jolissa, can, uh, you relay a message over and ask Vake if, uh, she's had any luck being, uh, what, what, being a clerk? What, what did she say? I will communicate with Vake to find out if they are successful in their current endeavor. However... I would also say to this parental unit that, and my knowledge is perhaps limited to, oh, say, all of recorded human history. However, most parental units do not abdicate responsibility for their children's choices when they are the mere age of one. So perhaps they are awfully quick to assign responsibility to innocent parties. Yeah, at that I'm I'm gonna kind of look at uh, Billy Jean and just shrug my shoulders at that one. Billy Jean shrugs and says, "Guess I'm not parental material." Uh. I suppose not. So is Vake uh, trying to administer stuff to Karloff? Uh, Vake vaults over to Building C four. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Whichever one with Karloff on it. And although I think he is currently unconscious, Vake will poke him a couple of times. Uh, and then... Jim. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, you feel... Oh, my. <laughs> you feel incredible pain. Uh, you're you're still very fuzzy, but you sort of come to a little bit, and everything hurts, and Vake is making it hurt worse. Hey, hey, do you have strong feelings about slickness or <laughs> stickiness? This is a really important question. Yeah, to help finish me off with your damn prattling. Just do whatever you're gonna do. All right, I tried to check on you regarding the texture issue first, though. And I will dump the blue stuff onto the wound. All right, it takes a bit of fiddling uh, for you to figure out exactly how this applicator is supposed to work. Um, but you, you figure out how to, how to spray an even coating over, into and over the wound. Uh, and... I am super careful not to get any on me. Okay. I'm not going to say that it f- you feel better, Karloff, uh, It's mm-hmm. but it's got that sting where you know it's working. Yeah. <laughs> feel that horrible sting? That, that means it's That working. means you're still alive. You feel a little less dizzy. Uh, either you're like your blood, you're, you're no longer losing blood quite as fast. That's good. Um, do I have the capability of moving at all, or am I still kind of like have to kind of still recuperate? Yeah, you can you can shift in your seat a bit. Uh, you probably just from the pain and the fact that you're still recovering from shock and being unconscious, probably don't want to do too much moving. So what, Karloff? Great news! It turns out that I'm real good at doctoring too. So what probably happens 
is that um, Harloff is like looking around and he's like, where is she? And they start reaching back to pick up my blade slinger. And I'm like, I'm going to kill the bitch. And I probably am trying to get up and it's too difficult for me. Uh, and and I, I probably am going to pass out again in a moment. But um, uh, I, I'm clearly trying to uh, resume my attack, even though I'm in absolutely no condition to do so. <laughs> I'm sure there's many bitches worthy of your attention, but we've decided not to kill anybody else today. I've got a contract. Gotta take her. And I think at that point I fall unconscious again because I'm trying, struggling to get up and, and get out of the car and it's just not happening. Down on the ground, Billie Jean spreads her arms wide again and says, Anything else? Uh, I think that's all the disappointments for today. I'm back in my car now, and I'll say over my loudspeaker, no, just just fuck off. It's funny, because I was just going to say, if you, uh, if you run into Mayor Leopold again, tell him the same thing. I might. She gestures, and a portal opens up, and uh, through it you can see this white space this just gentle white glow and rounded shapes and she steps through and the portal closes. Well, I have some excellent news, team. It seems that Vake has successfully administered the substance and Karloff is ready to kill some bitches. (laughs) That sounds about right. Thank God. So... Jones is going to um, put out his cigarette and uh, head over to Baby Teeth's car, kind of open up the side door, make a bit of a show of checking how badly injured she is, and then he's just going to kind of very quietly, stoically give her the the old man hug. Oh, boy. <laughs> there, there. Uh- I accept the old man hug and with not a, the OMH with <laughs> with a little bit of a wince uh, as he probably has contacted at least one of the five spots where I've been shot. Um, I just I I nothing really prepares you for that kind of a situation, and I don't. It's I it's don't okay. Know if I, did the right you didn't thing. do I, anything wrong. I, well, I mean, I could have shot at her. <laughs> Even guess, that wouldn't have been wrong. Yeah, I, uh, sorry. Sometimes my... family are real hard to have to deal with. Looks like you're going to have one of the more difficult families to deal with. I think I liked it a little bit better when I didn't have one. Well, there's still hope for Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Statistically, that is not accurate. You just just keep on hoping there, baby teeth. You can say that again, Jalissa and Lucy out of character. Statistically, that is not (laughs) accurate. (laughs) Let's have a bit of an out-of-character chat. 
so in in genre fiction and in stuff like we're 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 kind of playing with with two different genres here. We're doing post-apocalypse and we're also using an anime-based system and I've I think that we've we're drawing pretty heavily from the over-the-top nature of of anime and and that sort of of often action fiction. And those are sort of melodramatic settings like we're all pretty over the top characters here um both the the villains and the the player characters and that's a an interesting place to live when it comes to characterization like one of the principles of of tabletop garden is to is to how the hell how do we put it honestly portray diverse characters thank you yes to honestly portray diverse characters uh and that's that can be tricky when you're playing over the top characters. How have y'all towed the line between portraying kind of melodramatic, uh, kind of tropey characters in in the case of some some of you, and also portraying those characters as people? Well, given my recent foray into uh, difficult family situations. Um, while while I may go from from eating a corn dog and complaining about my denim jacket in in one episode, um, I think that the the situations that you're put in, like if you take a moment to step out of the over the top side of your character and into the yeah, but what if shit gets real? What do they do? Um, that's a at least a fun opportunity for me and has been in other role-playing games as well to have the more humanizing moments where, you know, the answer isn't always to, to blow shit up or to, to make jokes. Um, there's, there's more substance underneath possibly not that there needs to be. Um, but I think that's a, a, a fun way to explore a character and to grow both out of character and in character, uh, by playing through those experiences. I thought you had some real pathos in this session with Comet. Well, I was uh, quite quite the community theater actor when I was 13. <laughs> Same. Perhaps, perhaps goes for several people yeah. on this uh, on this game. Yeah. <laughs> so the way you talk about uh kind of it sounded like you were kind of talking about switching modes uh with your character from either in the the over the top mode or in the pathos mode is that does it feel to to folks that that's those are two distinct sides of a character i feel like that a lot in my everyday life like i i i feel like i have a an, an internal private self that is you know, shared in intimate situations and with close friends. And then I have like a, a public, uh, like work self or whatever. And I don't think either of them are like disingenuous. Um, it's just that different, different modes of behavior require different levels of effort and are more, more conducive to different situations. Um, so I don't, uh, that feels natural to do in a role-playing game. Cause I, I don't know, the situations are different, but the, but the modes are the same do you think that your characters experience that same sort of of 
public self and private self division. Uh, something that that came up with Billie Jean is that she's clearly there's clearly a facade that she's putting up where she's not sharing her private life with y'all, um, and presumably she's not constantly this cocky badass all the time. Is that the same case with with your characters? Like Jim, uh, yeah. Karloff has a very standoff, standoffish, standoffish, wow, standoffish <laughs> and surly persona. Is that? I mean, I guess that maybe there's, it's there might not be anyone to whom he opens up. Yeah, the, I, I will say that as the concept started, there wasn't a lot of depth to Karloff, mm-hmm. um, but. I sort of have been tackling it from the idea of just grabbing a couple of touchstones about the character and kind of just moving it one way or another from there. Um, one thing I'm kind of doing, which I guess I'll go ahead and uh, reveal this, despite how it may affect how people uh, view the character, um, is I'm kind of sort of, as I've said earlier, I've um, uh, mashed him up with a couple of different characters from um a few different uh a few different movies but um essentially uh one of the core aspects is i'm kind of keying a lot off of the uh a character from the most recent remake of death race um the sort of the the main character there who is uh, played by an actor named manu bennett um, I'm sort of borrowing a good portion of his voice as just uh, kind of a, a touchstone for me to go back to if I forget how to yeah, how to do the character. I just sort of think about that, and I'm like, okay, this is how how this would sort of be. Um, and but then as time has gone on, I've also started trying to figure out part of the reasons why Karloff is the way that he is, mm-hmm. and I do actually have. Now, uh, a backstory, which I have uh, not, I don't think I've, I've told anyone what it is, but um, I've got kind of a, uh, of an idea of what Karloff's background is and why it is to a certain extent that uh, he, he values peace and silence and doesn't really want to necessarily mix it up too much with um, the quote unquote civilized folk. Um, Yeah, that, that situation of starting off with a fairly straightforward or um you know easily described character and having them deepen and grow and and become more complex as you play them i think is something that i've i've experienced and that i've heard a lot of other people talk about when it comes to role-playing games yeah yeah and that's totally what's going on here i think uh for me with it um it's still a character that I haven't had a lot of time with as of yet, so mm-hmm. you know we're we're not talking uh, a lot of depth yet. But there's more I think now than there was to start to start with, um, even though probably not much of that has been shown. So is there a when when you're playing characters when y'all are playing characters in an over the top setting like this one? Does it feel like there are some directions that w- it wouldn't be thematically appropriate to take a character? Like, there's a certain amount of nuance that it almost feels to me would get lost in 
all the explosions and buildings falling down where if you tried to play a character too too deep it wouldn't it wouldn't come across i don't know i i i've kind of when you you say that i i'm kind of reflected back towards you know the movies or the comics that many of us may have read where they have some ridiculous over the top fight scenes but it's i'm not sure it's a limitation that any character concept couldn't it's a limitation of is there narrative space like i mean i'm just gonna say from jones is the moment that just had is even having that little 15 second vignette of him going over to to hug baby teeth that he has sort of one of those this is an extended member of the children in the family of the village so to speak that has to be looked after, you know, that fits his over the top patriarchal. I've been here for so many years. <laughs> I've got to look after all these people. You guys are in my way. You know, that just giving those, those few narrative moments to allow the explosions to die down for a brief second. And for the people to have the moment may all it needs just so that you can have a character that has those unusual dichotomies that, as you say, might get lost. It's, it's very hard to have a moment like that in the explosions, but mm -hmm. yeah, just a few seconds here and there might be all you need. Do you have any thoughts on this, Lucy? I mean, I do. I'm sort of think, trying to, <laughs> to, to think them <laughs> right now. I mean, I think something that Zoe said early on is important to me, which is that everybody has multiple ways in which they conduct discourse and those discourses change depending on who you are around, right? What community it is that you're a part of. So I think what she said is right. There's no real such thing as an authentic identity, right? There's only the identity that you have in whatever context is happening, so when you apply that kind of thinking to characters, um, like our contexts don't particularly change very much um, in the game. So I think you don't see those different identities. Um, although I guess when we do like the cutaway scenes like in Niederdorf and then we had the moment there with Billie Jean where you see some differences to, um, I think, the kind of discourse that's happening there. Um, but, I mean, I think identity is super complicated in real life and in characters. No, it's not, Lucy. Come on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, you're right. It's real simple. It's straightforward shit. <laughs> I don't know anybody who spends their whole career thinking about that sort of boring ass shit. But <laughs> it it's it's seem real. It's kind of like in certain sorts of genre fiction, the the volume of the context is high enough uh, that that some of the more subtle aspects can get lost unless you have those quiet times when the the more subtle bits can shine through. Yeah, for sure. Right. The um, I mean, I I don't think that the subtlety that I mean, I don't know, right? I mean, I don't know if our subtlety is being successful or not. Um, but I know that when I 
read about characters or watch TV shows with characters or listen to other podcasts with characters, right? A lot of times if you re-listen to things or you're thinking different things when you're listening to them, you'll get different things out of them. So I suspect that having multiple layers, whether or not those things are super obvious, I think maybe a lot of that is still communicated. Mm -hmm. I think. I suspect. I hypothesize. Cool. Anybody who wants to read my dissertation, I'd be happy to send you a copy. Can we find it at rosettediceless.com? <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> but can it be a supplement? Because that would be awesome if there was a way it could be turned into a supplement somehow. It cannot Damn be, it. no. You say that as if you've seriously considered it. <laughs> So, are y'all thinking you'll head back to Niederdorf now? I don't know. That actually is a, a question I was going to to wonder. Is is are our characters the type that will then return to the mayor and say, "What the Nelly?" Or, you know, when I mentioned, well, you know, out west is the crash of the remains of part of one of the ships. Are we going to say take initiative and just? check it out on our own i think that it would be fun to at least beat ourselves up a little bit more before we go back (laughs) especially vague i'm not sure what fake thinks about that i mean carloff thinks about that though well that is a question he's good enough he's he's beat up the right amount (laughs) but i think i could take another couple of hits and go back looking like uh looking like we we really had a good fight are we in character or out of character right now? Pseudo. I am unconscious in character right now, so I assume <laughs> that I am out of character unless Karloff has gained the ability to astrally project himself. Ooh. No, I'm definitely out of character. <laughs> I think that, that just from a from a rules and GMing standpoint, I am perfectly fine with you all if you end up heading somewhere else instead of Niederdorf, even if you're wrapped in in bloody bandages those of you who for whom that's not your normal state um for you to like to still be at max health and stuff like that uh i think that that a combination of of karloff's blue goo healing and just you all being used to fighting through injury um you can be at full health even if your physical wounds haven't healed okay well that's the case yeah i'd figure it might have like a med kit or somewhere in the car just for emergencies that kind of thing um so that being the case, I think Karloff is not going to want to turn back yet. I think he's just very specifically is going to want to hunt down these people that just uh, kicked their butts and find out uh, if there's some way to get at them. Um, he's probably going to be a little more cautious about it this time. He's not necessarily going to go immediately in guns blazing unless he sees an opportunity, but he's... He's very much on the warpath at this point. <laughs> we could also just go west and check it out without going to Niederdorf, couldn't we? I think we? that's what we were suggesting. I'm into it. Yeah. I mean, Karloff would be okay with checking with checking that out first, since that does seem to be something that's important to Billie Jean, and therefore at least makes sense to him strategically to learn more about it all right so 
we'll, I think, see a driving montage of you all heading back and probably taking a break to change Karloff's, for Karloff to change his dressings and, I assume, sew himself back up with a rusty needle and thread. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and this is, this is a journey of... Uh, we'll say a couple days because you're you're crossing over through some ar- around Niederdorf and, and over to the west and soon you're able to stop on a rise overlooking a a broad area that's dominated by this crash yeah. hey greg is it possible to for us to have a quick scene while we're still on the driving sure. montage so at some point while we are traveling, uh, Jolissa will come on the radio in just Comet's Hello. car. Hello, Comet. How uh, are you? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm I'm not I'm not bleeding anymore, and I've been uh, I've been listening to some uh, some music that I like. So definitely, nobody shot at me in like, it's probably been like over 12 hours. That is a goodly amount of time. I simply wanted to let you know that I understand organic beings view family relationships and parental units as complicated systems, but... I do not find you reprehensible, Comet. I think you are good. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Jalissa. That, um, I've never, I've never had a artificial intelligence tell me anything like that before. I, you, I, I, thanks. Thanks. Ah, well, there is really no need to delineate between types of intelligence, is it? <laughs> at any rate, Fake appreciates the level of uh, of sound at which you are listening to the music you like. I, uh... Carry okay, on. Thank, thanks, uh... Tell them... Tell them that... You're welcome. I shall do Great. so. Great. Okay. Over and out. Roger that. <laughs> Thank you for that I, indulgence. I, I loved it. I I truly I truly did. <laughs> so at the end of your drive, you all get to the top of a rise over a large flat area of land that's dominated by this ship crash. And it looks like this was this used to be farmland back in the before times. You could see a lot of uh, very square patches of land that virtually all of them are just dead now. Uh, you see a few spots where someone's trying to eke out uh, a little garden, but most of it is just various shades of, of brown and gray. In the middle of this big flat valley is a complex of buildings that looks military, 
Um, definitely old world. It's it's in ruins. A lot of the fences are in disrepair and rusty, and a big chunk of the of the space is occupied by just this graveyard of vehicles. A lot of uh, military trucks and and armored vehicles just lined up in rows. A lot of them have parts missing from them, either from time or from scavenging, but there's just a whole lot of them. And just adjacent to this, some sort of military base, is an enormous pile of debris. Uh, a lot of it is white, covered in, in moss and dirt over the years, the kind of gray moss or and brownish lichen. Um, but it it's this enormous shape that you think was once somewhat organic, but now is just shattered on the plane. And the base and the pile of rubble are at about the same scale. It's difficult for you all to even wrap your heads around how big this, this intact ship must have been. Uh, but it looks like the best way for you to get to a part of the rubble that's part of the of the crash that's ex that's not just a, a sheer wall of armor is to go through that military base uh through that that sort of vehicle graveyard is there room for vehicles in the vehicle graveyard yeah yeah there's there's broad paths between each row of vehicles and you can see that that the main gates that would have been used to get in there uh have long since been torn down and, and moved aside so that there's it's easy to to drive up through that graveyard into the up to the the more broken open look, looking part of the wreckage perfect jones is probably one of those folks who who believes in the the terror that is nuclear weaponry so uh, he's probably somewhere in his equipment got a geiger counter of some kind mm. and is going to be somewhat religiously paying attention to it as they get through here just to start seeing if they're spiking up if it's getting risky deadly etc as you approach assuming that you're trying to get closer um you're seeing definite radiation above background and as you're moving into this passing through these gates into this graveyard it is raising to not hazardous levels but there is this constant chatter of clicks from your geiger counter um, at the same time you're also your anomaly detector that that registers when other you know con fundamental physical constants are getting thrown off is also uh the the needle is flicking a bit you put this in like don't eat food don't eat fruit from the nearby trees and don't try try not to kick up the dust too much and breathe it in um but it's not currently not a danger if you stay in your vehicles yeah he's probably still kicking on his uh self-contained breathing system i have a hole in my window i will probably <laughs> patch that before going in all right i uh, um, i'll put up my uh I've got a little disposable dust mask, but the future version, so it's better. All right. In the in the time that you're all making the necessary like patching holes and and just 
double checking all your all your radiation seals the the sun is is falling and as you're making your way through this graveyard it's it's getting solidly dark again and this is the i guess the you you fought billy jean in the in the night and then this is the second night after that that's that's just fallen and you're moving through these these rows and rows of dead vehicles and up ahead you can see this this rise of this ship and there's actually still lights here and there glowing within this wreckage just gentle white lights shining through um, parts of it you don't know whether it that means there's still power or whether there's some sort of whatever radiation they use is still glowing in there but you can see silhouetted against this uh, a crane that presumably is used to used to be used to move vehicles around but now is very clearly rusted in place and who's who's up front at the moment if no one else I probably would be just because I think Jones figures if he runs into a a pocket of radiation they'll want to like move or something. Okay. So you're you're taking the lead and you're driving and you get as you're getting closer to this crane uh you suddenly realize that a bit of of twisted what you thought was twisted metal up at the top of the crane is in fact a person standing mm. up there. Maybe how how high would that be in the air? Um, stories and stories in the air. Uh, just kind of standing there with a... Looking down at you all. Hey, uh, you guys got any good eyes? It looks like there's somebody or, or a mannequin or something like that way up on that crane. Got lights. That's about it. I mean, I think I can see good. Are you going to illuminate... Fake has excellent visual acuity. If you would like them to check it out, they would be willing to do so. Yes, you are. Uh, you have heightened senses or whatever. That if you think it's safe, makes sense to me. You're also good at jumping. That could come in handy. Well, I I myself do not have a physical form, but I will communicate this with right, Fake. Right, I'm not talking to Fake. You're right. I see that. You're much nicer to talk to than they are, anyway. Take him out. Uh, not, not yet. Not sure whose side they're on yet, Karloff. Well, Vic will climb out of the top of the tank and take off their goggles and try to see whatever they can see of whatever is up at the top of the crane. All right. You... Probably, presumably you're all kind of stopping your vehicles. Vake climbs out and, and peers up, and you see that this this person that's standing up there is in a red outfit, like a... It, it's a similar sort of suit that you've seen a lot of the gang members, the Jacko gang members, in. Um, this one has bright red and has very wide lapels, and they're sta- staring down at you all with a, with a really wide-eyed look, and... Once you stop and you're you're looking up at them, they gesture with their hand, and lights turn on on top of the crane to illuminate them. And they 
they they speak and their words are amplified like they're talking over a loudspeaker. Oh. Well, then Vake will first clap their hands over their eyes and then plunge back into the tank. Seems like everybody else can hear and see things now. <laughs> they say how do they how do they open here? They say in the old world the supreme power was that of radiation. Old Earth feared radiation. It was is it's like a pair of scissors, you understand. It attacks what it encounters. It cuts it apart. It it literally tears free parts of you from other parts, important parts. But subaltern technology is different. Terror energy, your word, not ours, terror energy is about healing, construction, life. Radiation tears apart while terror I get energy the loudspeaker while this person's talking and say are, are you going to shoot us uh, <laughs> they spread their their arms wide and say i just want you to understand uh, okay i'm sorry keep on going they say perhaps an object demonstration would be appropriate and they raise one hand up and this golden glow comes like forms in their hand above their head and then seems to burst and drift downward in glittery shimmery gold down onto the vehicles around you and you see little blue glows gleaming in among the machinery that that is all around next time on tabletop garden ego driver I think there may be somewhere back in the back of Jones's head that just goes, these were people once. Were you just kind of waiting for somebody to show off to? What's the deal here? Tell me more about your feelings toward destroying non-human things. All right, I, I, will, I will do that in midair then. They were engines of death, and now, who knows? Don't you find that exciting? Big Eyes, Small Mouth, 3rd Edition was created by Guardians of Order. The theme music for this campaign is Wasteland by Phantom Elite, available under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. For more Tabletop Garden and to subscribe to us, visit tabletop.garden. And to support the work I do, visit patreon.com slash Gregory Avery Weir.